We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, good stuff today. You guys are really on a roll. I'm on, so we got a bunch from like football nerd and Xavier, so I want to get to some others and mix those guys in as well. But we we do it. We'll get. We're gonna have a lot of those also mixed in early. Xavier Kilowatt said, "Which current coaches could you see ending their careers at Notre Dame?" Well, I hope Marcus Freeman is one of those guys. I mean, that would be nice. that'd be nice, right? Yeah. That's a uh, long time, though, man. What's it, like next yeah. thirty years? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Unless he just is like you know wins a bunch of things. Like I'm good, you know. Yeah. And he goes be an analyst. He could it's be always going to be older guys, something. right, Ryan? It's gonna, it, like Joe there's Rudolph. no way in heck Chris Tyree ends his career in her name unless he just decides I don't want to coach football anymore. Same with Mike Mickens. You know, so those guys just are not going to be Notre Dame. Like they're too young. They have too many aspirations, right? Al Washington's still in his 30s, right? Yeah. Like he wants he was he turned down a D coordinator job from Tennessee a couple of years ago. Like that's eventually where he wants to be. No matter how much you you know, if they do a great job, I mean he's just not going to be here for the next 20 years. Yeah. So that leaves really only one guy, and that's Joe Rudolph. Joe I mean Rudolph, that yeah. that's and yeah. he's not even that old. He just he's looks not, older because of like how 50s, young the rest right? of the yeah, yeah. The rest of the staff is so dang young. But Joe Rudolph's not actually that old. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but like, you know, Coach Easton was in his late sixties. Joe yeah. Rudolph's only fifty-one, Ryan. That's it. He's only fifty-one. Yeah, but he's just—it's the beard. It's the beard. <laughs> it's because he's yeah. got the gray beard. Yeah, and the rest of the staff is so freaking young. I mean, yeah. so that's—I that's think Jerry Dillon's like what forty-nine, 40, 49 or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't see him being a lifer either. Like Jared Parker at 42 is one of the oldest assistants they have. I mean, he's older than Al. So Al Golden is obviously, I think Al Golden's actually the oldest coach that they have. Actually, he just, Al Golden looks younger, but he's, he's 54. So you've got, he's 54, Rudolph's 51, Dillon's 49. And then you drop all the way down to Jared Parker, who's 42. And I think Mickens is like 39. He's only 36. Mickens is only 36. O'Leary's still in his 20s. Chancey Stuckey's like, what, 38, 39, I believe, like as well. Yeah. Uh, yep. Coach Stuckey's 39. Uh, he'll be 40 in October. So it's a I'm pretty young. He's that cat. old, man. He still looks really young, Coach yeah. Stuckey. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's part of it, too, is like when you've got a younger staff, 
Like, if you'd asked me this question last year, I'd have said, Harry, he's staying. He'll finish his career at Notre Dame. And he did. And they have. Yeah. He did. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there was no way in heck Tom Maurice is ever going to finish his career at Notre Dame. There was no way that Mike Mickens and – so I think O'Leary's really the only one – or not O'Leary. Rudolph's the only one that I could see that. But even then, right, Ryan, he's got to coach 17 more years to get to Harry Heastan's age when he finally retired. Like, crazy, God, man. I wish they would, but coaches just don't do that anymore. They just don't stay at a place like that anymore. They really yeah. don't, unfortunately. Do not. I just want to answer this question here really quick from DBZ. Thank you for the super chat, DBZ. Is Nolan Ziegler Ziegler's on the team? Yes, he is. And that's about all we're going to say about that one. But, uh, you know, said we, young man's just battling through some stuff right now and wish him the best. But uh, it's not it's nothing disciplinary, nothing like that. I know we get asked about that a lot. So, you know, he's dealing some personal stuff that he's got to work through, but he's still part of the team. And uh, is working his way back. So I just I know we get asked that a lot. And since it was a super chat, I wanted to uh, address it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're stressed about buying tickets or doing some last-minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, your favorite activities, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co. We had another super chat from Matt. Oh, sorry, Matt, Mark. Mark Krogan. Thank you so much, Mark. Appreciate it. Over under on three and a half, Audric Estime fumbles and punts blocked. Under on the fumbles. Yes. We only had three last year, right? 
Yes, he only had three, and he was very clean throughout the latter yeah. part of the season. After UNLV, he didn't he didn't have another one? I don't believe. Did I don't he? think so. Yep. Yeah. It was like that. It was just like that three game stretch or whatever, two game stretch, three. Game and the stretch, one was, was he was trying to stick the ball into the end zone, which he shouldn't do. Yeah. It wasn't like it got. He had two where it just got knocked out. Stanford and right. and then UNLV. So I'm going to go under punts blocked. I'm also going to go under. Uh, you know, like seven's a lot, and Brian Seven and and. and Brian Mason, people forget this. Brian Mason's special team to Cincinnati in 2021 also led the nation in punt, punt and click. Yeah, blocks. they blocked a lot of punts. That's mm-hmm. just kind of who he was. I teams are going to be more prepared for it now. I I don't I, I mean Marty Biagi's, I think best year was last year with three. That's okay. That was top 20. You know, I mean, like, so I'm gonna go under on that. If it gets to three, I'm happy as long as it's a consistent pressure, you know, that's going to lead to some shorter kicks and just, you want to make them work. Even if you don't necessarily get to a ton, you need to make them work. And that's something I'm a big fan of. I, I'm a little mixed on this because Audrey's definitely under, I want to say over for the punk block, but I also kind of have a feeling that with a lot more options of potential dynamic punt returners, you might want to set up some returns more than maybe yeah. go after the punt at times. You know what I mean? So like mixing that, I'll go over just to be the... Although you could say, yeah. Ryan, that that's also helped set up returns. Get more line drive kicks, get more rush kicks, forcing them to keep more guys back in protection to, to prevent you from blocking. Because, you know, for all the angst about punt returning, Notre Dame finished in the top 20 last year in punt return yards. Brandon Joseph actually top 25. did a good job returning Yeah, last year. and they're in the top yeah. 25 in the return average. They're over 10 yards of return last year. Part of that was because... Teams had to spend so much dang time not getting a punt blocked. And you start yeah. remember when um the Syracuse game, remember they blocked that one kick, but they were in that kid's head the whole game. He had like yeah, three just absolute shanked punts because they were just in his head. Clemson, or no, what was it? Um yeah, Clemson game. Uh, no, it was uh the South Carolina game. South Carolina had had arguably the best overall special teams in college football last year from a ranking standpoint in all the different categories. They were so afraid of Notre Dame's punt block team last year. They got like a delay a game, almost like two delay games, actually, I think, if I remember correctly. The guy was rushing kicks. And it was just like, if South Carolina is afraid of your punt block situation, then you, you're just, that's just who you are. And I think yeah. that can lead to mistakes that then set up the bigger, the bigger returns, in my opinion. But yeah, you just mix it up, right? I mean, there, there'll be times to mix it up, but you want to make sure that they still fear your ability to come get it. That's important to me with this team. We had another super chapter, Nathan Milton. Thank you, Nathan. What's your response to those who make fun of fans who didn't attend the college they are a fan of? Is Justin Scott and Ryan Wingo still talking to Notre Dame staff? I believe Justin Scott is, but I'm not 100% certain of that. Look, I think people who make fun of that, I think those people are clowns yeah. who are looking for clout and social media or whatever else. Uh, I don't really care about those people. I, I don't, I mean, you can be a fan of whoever you want to be a fan of and nobody gets to tell you who you do or don't root for. Some people yeah. just like being a-holes. And yeah. I mean, Dave Portnoy became a billionaire just because he's an a-hole, right? <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. And that's his claim to fame, whatever. I don't, good, good for him. Hey, if you if your legacy is, hey, I was rich, but I was an a-hole, I'd rather not be rich. That's just me. But you know what? You do you, man. And there's a yeah. lot of people like that. I don't really care, and neither should you. If you have a team you love and root for, then love and root for that team. Don't let anybody else tell you what you should or shouldn't do. And if somebody says you have to be a, uh, to go to a school to be a fan of that team, just tell them to piss off. That's all you do. And, and, it, and if somebody wants to be that disrespectful, then guess what? 
one less person whose opinion you should care about. That's how, that's, that's what I have to say about that. that. That's, that's like the people that like say stuff about like people that are NFL fans for a certain team. It's like, you're not even from there. It's like, right. okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what's your people always point? say that to me. It's like, oh, you're not an Eagles fan. You're, I'm like, yeah. no, I'm a Rams fan. Cause my mom was a Rams fan and I grew up yeah. a Rams fan. Like, so like this ain't a cult y'all where I'm here. So I gotta, you know, I gotta do this. Right. I mean, okay. yeah, I just, I can't, st- there's just a lot of people that just like to say really ignorant things and, and tear other people down and there's a lot of that going on and i just say screw those people right so so apparently by that logic i can only be a rowan university fan yeah or go seagull that's all that. i can do that's all yeah, i can do that <laughs> I'll, I'll root for whoever the heck i want to root for and if you don't like it that's your problem not mine that's all Unfor- i would say about that Unfortunately, I wasn't a good enough football player or a smart enough student to have gone to the University of Notre Dame, but I can still love the University of Notre Dame for what they stand right. for. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. And anybody that doesn't like it, guess what? I don't care. I'd like to say my, one of my favorite quotes from the movie Friday, but uh, that's not really uh, appropriate for this, well, this audience. So, yeah, a little smoky comment there about Tau Zero. <laughs> how many F's I give about someone who has that opinion. The answer is zero, from, by the yeah. way. I think we got it. <laughs> <laughs> Notre Dame football there said, who provides the offense impacts the impact speed when Chris Tyree won't be on the field at wide receiver? Who provides the offense? Imp- I mean, Jadarian Price. Yeah. Uh, and I'll Jeremiah say something Love, else. Maybe Jeremiah Love. Yeah. Jabron Payne is a lot faster than people think. Go back and watch yeah. this high school film. Yeah, that kid can scoot. They're yeah, like uh, 10 yards of carry playing good yeah. ball as a sophomore in high school. So. Tobias Merriweather is going to be a big play guy, in my opinion. He's got some speed. Nobody yeah. has Chris Tyree speed, but most teams don't have a guy with Chris Tyree speed. He's on there. probably Chris Tyree is probably the top five to 10 fastest players in college yeah. football. So yeah. most teams don't have a Chris right. Tyree. Yeah. You don't necessarily need a bunch of burners. Right. It's I mean, look, Dexter Williams was an impact big play guy. He was a four six, folks. Because he ran a four five eight after months of preparing to run as fast as he could, which means when he was in Notre Dame, he was a four six. And he was a big play guy. Right. Um, so you know, th- those are the veterans that I look at. I mean, Deion Colsey has big speed. It's just you don't know what you're gonna get from Dion. Uh Braylon James is a guy that we talked about earlier, has big time speed. So this yeah. team has pretty good speed. That's that was one of the things I was interested about last night. A lot of people think, well, they don't have any speed at receiver. And I've seen this comment made before, and I'm like, whoa, what what what? This this receiving core has a lot more speed, in my opinion, than the 2020 receiving core. I mean I know a lot I, more I, than 2020. Yeah, yeah, a lot more. Yeah. So I I there's, there's a lot of four four guys in that building. Yeah, in and low place. four fives, which is yeah. moving, especially when you're six yeah. four. You know, yeah. so I mean, Tobias Merriweather was a, I think a 10, eight in high school in the hundred meter dash. And he, he took back to back 200 meter sprint champion in the state of Washington. I believe, I think he won it as a senior as well, but as a junior, he won the the state championship in the 100, 200 and 400 on the same day. Right. Like this is not a slow kid either. No. So I'm, I'm just telling y'all. And, and again, I could be really wrong on this, Ryan. I think a lot of it is, you have people that have very strong opinions about what they see that don't know what they're looking at. And then well, that I, becomes the narrative about this receiving core. Tobias Merriweather is going to be 
just fine. When you go against the arguably the best corner tandem in college football every single day in practice, you're not going to look like Jerry Rice. Not going to happen. And if he was going against some of the receipt corner tandems they've had in the past, he'd look like a million bucks. But you're like, but those guys, you're going to face better guys than that every week. So yeah. I, they're going to be fine. I think I think part of it is also that, that you just a lot of people haven't seen enough of the wide receivers right. yet, right? Like there's not a lot ton of production coming back as far as like on field. Because I was talking to a buddy about this yesterday, and they kind of voiced the same concern. Though, like, I just don't know if Notre Dame has a good wide receiver room. And I'm like, they have a lot of talent. I mean, they, yeah. yeah, they need to prove it. But, like, there's a lot of talent there. We don't know if they're good or not yet either, Ryan. It's yeah. But we know they're talented. There's a there's right. a difference. We got to find out if they're good. But the other thing, too, is, like, let's let me say somebody on the message board the other day was like, you know, hey, it's, it's okay to have skepticism because, you know, you look at the bowl game and they lost Logan Diggs. They lost Tyler Buckner. They lost Braylon Lindsay, Lindsay. And I'm like. Yeah, but they also bring back Austin. Audric Esme had over 100 yards of offense in that game. You know, they they bring back Mitchell Evans, who had the game winning touchdown and, you know, three catches for 39 yards. They bring back Jaden Thomas, who had like what, six, five, six catches in that game, made some money plays in that game. So, I mean, you can focus yeah. on what they lost, but I'm also going to point out the fact that they've got some really good football players coming back. I mean, Tobias Merriweather has one career catch, it went for 41 yard touchdown. Right. Right. Like, so any six, four and a half, almost six, five. So they're going to be all right. Are they going to be good? I don't know. But if they're not good, it won't be because they don't have athleticism. That's right. That's what I'll say to you. And then there's also a difference between athleticism and speed. Jane Greathouse isn't fast. It's very athletic. Yep. I mean, that's why he moved to punt return last year and returned four punts for touchdowns as a senior. Right. The highest classification in Texas. Right. You don't do that because you're a great route runner. (laughs) You know what I mean, Ryan? Like, has nothing to do with it. Um, absolutely nothing to do with it great house was crazy that year man absolutely crazy adam blair if christian gray has a freshman all-american season this year what effect will that have on defensive back recruiting i mean if you have back-to-back freshman all-americans i think it would have a great impact on yeah i mean because you could sell if you if you come in and you put in the work and you were a guy you could potentially play early and we have a good track record of developing guys very quickly on this level so a a lot of good i think could help. I, I, I a know. lot of a lot of twenty twenty five corners, not even just Cree Thomas, have talked have mentioned Benjamin Morrison to me already, mm-hmm. and it's like they they're watching, they see it, yeah. like they understand it. So yeah, I think it I think it matters. I think it could help for sure. Yeah. Here's an interesting one, Ryan. Fighting Irish fan 91, 1991, if that's what that stands for, is the best year. Uh, you seem to be higher on Kenny Minchie than Steve Angeli. I know Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, and Pete Sampson seem to act like Steve is much more ready. If Sam goes down early against Ohio State, who do you put in? So just to be clear, I've never said that Kenny Minchie is more ready than Steve Angeli right now. Never Steve's said that. Upside. He's yeah, just more way talented. more talented than Steve Angeli is. That's what I've said. Yeah. He's got a better arm. And he's just got more ability. Steve is ahead right now because he's got a whole year advantage in the system over him. So Steve's ahead of him right now. Who who would go in at Ohio State as of today? Probably be Steve Angeli. Who would it be in November? I don't know. And and the answer to that question is going to tell us a lot about whether or not Notre Dame goes to the portal next year, Ryan, in my opinion. Yep. But there's a difference between saying that one guy is ahead of another guy because he's more ready and saying another guy is more talented than the other sure. guy. There's a difference. So nothing yeah. that I've said disagree. And you all know I have no problem disagreeing with people if they say something that I don't agree with, nor do most of the people on that list that you gave. 
but we're not saying different things. Now, if they were to say that they think Steve Angeli is more talented than Kenny Minchie, then we have a disagreement. But if their comment is that he's more ready than Kenny Minchie, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree that he knows the, he clearly knows the offense still better right now, better than Kenny. And that's important at quarterback. It's very important. important. Unless you're just like crazy talented. Like I I know this guy doesn't know the offense, but he's, it's Michael Vick. And by the way, Michael Vick didn't play as a freshman. Uh, Let's, let's make sure people remember that as well. So yeah, I think it's a fair thing to say that Steve Angeli is ahead of Kenny Minchie right now. And and that doesn't go against anything I've said. I just don't think that's going to last a real long time. That's kind of, that's more of where I'm at on that one. So just so that we're clear. Our next question we had was from Notre Dame football nerd. A lot of great questions today, by the way, Notre Dame football nerd. What is the biggest thing you're looking for Jordan Patelho to improve upon to become an impact player? To me, it's two things, Ryan. It's consistency and better in yeah. specifically in two areas, effort and hand play. Those are the two areas where I think he has to be better. Because sometimes he'll just kind of run right into a guy and just stay locked on. Other times he'll use his hands great. He'll dip and rip. He'll use his hand to get the the, the offensive tackle's hand off and just crush a guy. So really, it just comes down to using your hands better to win to win at the point of attack and get off blocks. And then just that motor you show at times, dude, that you showed in high school. I need to see that all the time. Uh, you know, we'll, if you're if you're tired, we'll we'll put somebody else in there and give you a breather. But when you're out there, I just need you to go, go, go. Because if Jordan Patelho can be consistent from a focus and effort and a technical standpoint, he will have a big year. There's no double digit tackles for loss, high, you know, maybe, maybe get the double digit sacks wouldn't surprise me, but we just got to see it. I mean, he's got to show it and we haven't seen him consistently do it. What he did in a bowl game, Ryan, is not a surprise. You don't just get 10 pressures and two sacks in a game by accident against an SEC team. I don't care what SEC team you're playing in a bowl game, but Obviously, that's not realistic to do every game, but can you still give the same mode or the same effort every game? That's going to be the question with Jordan, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, hand play is a big one for me. I think because I, I don't think that Jordan has great length. I think his mm-hmm. length is fine, but I don't think it's great. So when you don't have great length, you need to keep guys off your body, right? And that's kind of where the hand play comes in. I also think for me, another big thing I think is just spatial awareness, right? Like or just positional awareness, I guess is maybe a better way to coin it. Like he needs to, I think, play better situational football. And what that means is being aware of what an offense is trying to do, why a guy is down blocking, why a guy is blocking out. like why a offense is doing what they're doing against you from a blocking scheme perspective to be able to decipher plays quicker. So I think that and hand player, my two biggest things that I need to see, because again, I, I just, his biggest positives for me athletically is that he's explosive and he's fast right mm-hmm. like those are the two biggest things they're they're different by the way being explosive and being fast are very different things yeah he has both those things but he's not a guy that if an offensive tackle gets inside on his chest he's just going to be able to press and lock out because he's got these 34 inch arms like that's just not who Jordan like Foskey is. could do that exactly Foskey yes. come up with crap technique but just get if he he would win off the line get his hands and you just drive you back in the quarterback because you couldn't get your hands on him because he's stupid long yeah because yeah, he's stupid long jordan's not that guy jordan needs to win with hand and body quickness that is his biggest thing so yes I and i actually think the fact that he's short shorter he's six yeah. two and a half Leverage. is actually works for him because yeah. with those short arms because he can get under 
tackles a little better than if he was taller with shorter arms. So I, I, I you know, he just, I'm, but he I'm has to use it. To see right? I mean, I'm interested to see him because he's up to like 264 pounds, right? Yeah. Like that's an interesting body type for yeah. that position. So I'm looking Very. forward to him. Very. All right. Let's get down to, there's a bunch from football nerds. So let's get past some of those. I want to get over here. Because he's such a nerd. Such a nerd. Well, Rob Osgood know- with the question. Have you guys figured out who that is yet? Yes. Yes. Okay. They messaged me. Um, okay. Rob Osgood said, just a thought. With ESPN and their financial troubles, do you think the era of big money payouts to conferences are going to come back to reality, like the housing market up and down? I've, I've said this, Rob. I do. I mean, look, I, I read something the other day that ESPN is talking about letting the AAC out of their out of their deal to to join the like to go join with the Pac-12. I, I I have no evidence of this, but I believe this to be true. So again, this is just my opinion. I, I believe that ESPN is working with certain ACC entities, teams, schools, I should say, mm-hmm. to try to get them to want to get out of that deal, right? Don't let the ACC expand because they do not want to be locked into that deal for the next 10 years because they can't afford it. They've offered way too much money to the SEC. There's a reason that they let certain conferences walk. And when you look at where they are from a financial standpoint, Ryan, they overpaid for the NBA. They've overpaid for Major League Baseball. Because here's the thing. it's Guys, they don't just have college football. They also yeah. played a huge sports. contract in the NBA. And the NBA has not seen – you know, the NBA is just not as popular as it used to be. It's just not. I mean, just the numbers show that. Now, it it is pretty big globally, which helps them. But it's not as big in the United States as it used to be. And so – you know, Major League Baseball, they're paying a lot for. I don't believe that to be as popular. When I say popular, I'm more talking about lower. about yeah. just people that watch it. Uh, you know, so so they have a lot of things they paid a lot of money for when they were rolling. And I just think that it's a, a lot of things have happened in our economy in the last few years. I don't know that our economy has ever recovered from the things that people did during the COVID era that they shouldn't have done that really crushed our economy. There's a lot of things that have gone. And there's stuff that's been going on even before that. You know, there, there's market changes. It's just not, it's, a, it was a lot easier to do this when everybody, cause like, I don't know if, if you remember this, Ryan, but like, you know, growing up, I always thought it was this crazy monopoly. Like I could only have Cox networks or I could only have Verizon as my TV network. Like I, if I wanted something else, I had to go with direct TV or something like that. Like you could only have a certain TV network in your area and then you just had to have it. So there was like certain, you were locked into paying X amount of dollars for a TV network and then ESPN would work out deals with them. And you know, but as more and more people have gone to streaming services or just cut the cord in, entirely, and you know, there's just all these different aspects, Ryan, where that money is not as guaranteed as it used to be. You know, you're seeing advertisers are a little bit more picky with what they're spending money on because they don't have the revenue they used to have. And so there's just a lot of things that factored in and may have made me say, I think that ESPN is propped up. And I just I think it's a it's a and and we had somebody on the message board that said it and they said it perfectly. They said it, it and, and Rob, you're kind of saying it now. It's what he was saying is it's a lot like the housing market from 08 and how that, how that it was, it kept growing, but it was growing on false numbers and false practices. And it just, it couldn't sustain. And it just took something to pop it. And it just like that. And I think that's what's going on with ESPN, which is why I think they're trying to get out of some of these. They're trying to get out of the AAC deal. They're trying to get out of the ACC deal. It's why they didn't 
you know, signed the Big Ten. It's why they, or, I mean, the Big Twelve. It's why they're completely out of the Big Ten market now. It's why they didn't sign the Pac-12 and all those different things. I, I think they're trying to consolidate their college football market to like twenty teams. So they want to get like North Carolina, Ver, you know, maybe Virginia, Miami, maybe Clemson or Florida State. Like some group of those five teams, they want to get some group of that to come join the SEC. Let the ACC die. It's not our problem, and consolidate it and they that's much more affordable for them and i think that's their hope but you know like disney's trying to sell espn and the last i read is nobody wants to buy it yeah why because they don't see it as a long-term profitable there's way too much money that they've got guaranteed out that's like no i'm not taking that i'm not taking that's too much of a risk for me to take with my money that kind of thing right ryan and so, yeah, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna come crashing hard, and I just don't know what happens after that. That's gonna be the interesting part. My most perplexing question would be, who is going to create the thirty for thirty, the fall of ESPN, if there's no ESPN? Think about that. That's folks. a great point. That's a great that. point. Netflix. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Netflix is losing money too, though, aren't they? They are. That's why I was being money. sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When and you're seeing a lot of these networks that were were spending a lot of money to create their own content, they're just not making the money off of it anymore. Netflix also had that they had a fake bubble too. Like they had a giant boost during COVID. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, of course we were gonna sign up when you know you're told you can't leave your house and people actually listen to that. Yeah, you're gonna have to do something, you know, so you, you get Netflix and and so it was an artificial boost yeah and uh they've come crashing back down uh because of that and again I, you know there's always other reasons for there's never like one reason that something isn't working there's all it's always multiple reasons that end yep. up factoring into it man i miss tiger king um irish flooded <laughs> says favorite football movie or series I mean, my favorite movie of all time is the program. It always yeah. has been. I used to watch it before every football game. I watched the program because it was absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely. Phenomenal. I, I wasn't as high on it as you were. Oh, man. Um, Starting I'm, defense, place at the table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Smashing heads and cars. Fantastic yeah. stuff. I've said this before. My favorite football movie is probably Necessary Roughness. It was very funny. It wasn't a great, like the football action was pretty terrible. It was just a really funny movie. There aren't a ton of great football movies that I've liked over the years, Ryan. Like I didn't like, really I didn't like good. any given Sunday. Oh, yeah, uh, given I've never seen Friday Night Lights, although I've heard it's phenomenal. I just have never That's seen great. it. I've heard. I know some people that have said the the series is better than the movie. Others say the movie's better than the series. Ah, they're both good, man. Both uh, good. That's. I mean, there's been some other football series like Playmakers. Remember that? That was pretty lame. When ESPN tried to do that, that was pretty pretty lame. There haven't been yep. a ton of football movies. To be honest with you, that that I and in some of them, like, did you ever see the? And it's gonna, it's actually kind of funny. Did you ever see the movie um, with the Rock? The the uh, what's it called? Um, Gridiron King. No, it was uh, it was a it was a comedy, but he was a quarterback. And oh, True Fairy. No, 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 that was a hockey movie. Uh, oh. It, oh wait. Uh... But uh, so I, I, it's kind of something like might have been like the pro. No, I'm trying to just give me a second. I'm, I'm gonna look it up, but like, like was, just the fo- the football uh, in that movie was just so incredibly, so incredibly lame. I'm trying to find his filmography uh, for The Rock. 
but I, I know, uh, I know, I know the movie you're talking about, though. Yeah, because he was like a he was like this stuck up quarterback, right? Yeah, and like yeah. yeah, Joe, yeah. Joe, um, oh man, but he was like, yeah, it's like the number one, and it was all about him and stuff like that. And yeah, I, I've seen that. Like that was pretty funny. I'm trying to find the name of it. It's really the game, game plan. plan. Yeah, game that's plan, what it was. Yeah. Game plan. Um, yeah, he was yeah, Joe Kingman. Stuck. Right. Kingman, like, yeah. like, like most football movies have been like that, where it's like, yeah, it's cute. You watch it with your wife, and then you're like, okay, I'm not watching it again. You know, like they're actually, I don't think there actually have been a lot of great football movies. I'll say this I hated any given Sunday, but the one thing I'll give them is that was the most realistic action, like first person action football movie of the chaos that that goes on on a football field. Right, that that, but the, but the rest of it, I thought was terrible. I thought it was a terrible. Yeah, movie. it was it was just overplayed and cheesy. Yeah. Like the every all, single all the characters are just like way too over the top. It's right, just like that's not how like there's play. a guy like that, a team doctor like that in the NFL. But like to put all of them on like one team, it's like come on, guys. Yeah. Like you know, Waterboy was really good. Waterboy, yeah. that's was really a good, good football movie. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. But it's funny, yeah. but it's also yeah. kind of entertaining, and it's yeah. good. Yeah. I, I don't remember Johnny B. Good and I, you know oh remember the Titans was a great football movie in my opinion I, I did love that one Longest Yard yeah. the original was a pretty good movie the Longest the Yard with Adam good, Sandler too. was kind of stupid I, I thought I like the one with Adam yeah. Sandler I thought it was good. and I don't so. consider I mean I technically Rudy's a football movie and yes I do love the movie Rudy but I kind of don't consider that necessarily a football movie as much as a drama but yeah, yeah it's a it's a football you, you movie. also know my you know my stance on I do on we Rudy, don't need to talk so. about it again yeah. It's fine. Blindside was a pretty good. Uh, I thought Blindside was a good movie, but I again, I don't consider that a football movie. There was football in it, but it wasn't built around football. It was built around the personal story of sure. of them. Which hey, is if a that's little... not a football movie, then uh, Die Hard is definitely not a Christmas movie. Then it's definitely I mean, not. It was on Christmas. I, I mean, mean, that one they played football in that movie. Huh? So... In what movie? Sure. Any movie we're talking about right now. Sure. They had a football <laughs> being played at the so beginning cool. of like Air Force One, right? Doesn't mean that there's a it's a football movie. Uh, Here's a terrible football, football movie. The yeah. Last Boy Scout was a terrible football movie. I've never seen that. It's with Damon Wayans and Bruce Willis. Terrible football movie. Never saw it. Never saw it. Terrible yeah. football movie. Yeah. Boys in the Hood count. There was some uh there was some what? football in that movie. Boys in the Hood. No. Which remember when Ricky Baker was a football yes. player? No. He's, no. he, man, he almost went to USC, man, if he didn't no. die. So, oh, sorry, I just spoiled it for everyone out there. Sorry. Yeah, because if you haven't seen Boys in the Hood by now, you're you know, just waiting on it to come out on YouTube. I mean, I, I don't know yeah. if my wife has ever seen Boys in the Hood, but... Yeah, yeah. Junction uh, Junction Boys was a pretty terrible. I did not like that at all. Yeah. Was, just, there was so much about it I did not like. It was, yeah. I think historically it was kind of pretty inaccurate from what yeah. I hear as well. So, yeah. yeah. It, there was a basketball movie. I actually liked Blue Chips. Blue Chips was with Nick Nolte, right? And Shaquille O'Neal and, and Penny Hardaway yeah. and Nick and and um, what's the kid's name that would played in Indiana that was in that movie? Um, but yeah, uh, I that one I actually kind of enjoyed. Best basketball movie. That's oh, that's actually been some good basketball movies. I yeah. think about it a much bit. better basketball. Mo- I mean, Hoosiers was a great movie. There's been much better basketball movies than football movies, which I, liked, I understand. Um, it's a little easier to kind of simulate that. Like you know, some of those movies you can actually take like. Um, you know, actual, you can actually like, it's easier to like, so the thing I liked about blue chips is you can actually simulate the basketball action. Sure. You just put those five. I mean, you had Bobby Hurley, you had all these guys out there. They could just, Hey, just go play a game. Just put this Jersey on. We're going to go play a game and we'll get some great shot. Football is just a little bit of a harder thing to choreograph for, for yeah. 
for a movie, in my opinion. Co- Co- Coach Carter was a really good movie. Yeah, probably my favorite basketball movie of all time is uh, a what now above. Which one was the one with Denzel and Jesus Shuttlesworth? Ray Allen played. Was that above the rim? Yeah, he got game. He got game. He got game. above yeah. the rim. Was above the rim much was, earlier yeah. than that. Yeah, yeah, that was with Tupac, right? Yeah. Above the rim. The um yeah. the movie Glory Road. That was good. Yeah, uh, was really uh, good too. Texas, I like that. Texas Western, which is yeah. UTA, which UTEP. is uh, UTEP now. Yep. Yeah, yep, that one was pretty good too. Right. There's been yeah. a lot of really good basketball movies. Yeah, and the best baseball movie of all time is Major League. I don't want to hear yep. anyone say anything else about that. Would anyone yeah. actually say something different? Is there even another baseball movie that you can watch. even consider? Watch this. Ready? This is the great thing about this chat, guys. Put in your favorite guys or women. My apologies. If you're an, if you're an older person, I can understand you saying The Natural. I can understand that. If you're Robert older, Redford, yeah, 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 that was a good yeah. movie. But Major League is still the best, in my opinion. Oh, see, there's, someone said there's been some good baseball I movies too, right? Sandlot was good, but Eight Men Out was a really good movie. Did you ever see that about the Chicago yeah. Black Sox scandal? Uh, yeah, with um, Charles yeah. Teams in it, right? And all yeah. those guys. Yeah, yeah that was a pretty good yeah. movie. So there's been a lot of good baseball, basketball movies. Not a lot of good football movies, to be honest with you. I kind of liked um, what was the what was the movie with Kevin Costner was a pitcher for love of the game. Probably- yeah, the game was Field of Dreams movie. was kind of a – see, I don't, Field of Dreams is another one I don't consider a baseball movie. It's a drama centered around baseball, but not a baseball movie per se. Uh, yeah. But I wouldn't I wouldn't argue uh, fiercely about that one. The Rookie, that was a good one with Dennis Quaid. That's where true. Where he was uh, – yeah. Uh, yeah. There, and you know what? There's also been 61. Was not, Somebody's put 61 was a great baseball movie. Still uh, 42 about Jackie. There's been a couple Jackie Robinson, that one, including one that Jackie Robinson actually started. Didn't lo- I didn't love 42 that much. I man. did. I was expecting a little bit more out of that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, there's been some really good golf movies. Legend of Bagger Vance I really liked. Um, it's all you. Greatest not Game me. Ever Played. Did you ever see that movie with Shia LaBeouf? That was pretty good. Yeah. There's been some good yeah. golf movies. I don't golf, but there's been some good golf movies. I wanted uh, to watch. Actually, I Happy watched a Gilmore. little bit of it, but there was a. Because uh, you said Shia LaBeouf, and that just popped in my head. Mm-hmm. He played. Um, he played McEnroe in Borg versus McEnroe, but I haven't oh, seen the whole thing, that. so I don't know. Never saw yeah. that. I, I don't think I've watched any. Like Wimbledon, they made a movie called Wimbledon with Paul Bettany. Never that. saw it. Yeah, I haven't watched yeah. any of the tennis movies. Just I can't do it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Next question, we had a super chat from Facilitate Inform. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brian and IB team, for all that you do. Couldn't feel more lucky to have you as our Notre Dame go-to media, representing and analyzing, being objective and professional like you do. Thoughts on Steve Angeli's growth? I mean, he's been okay. I, I You know, people saying, I, I've, well, so-and-so saying, I mean, he looks like a sophomore. I mean, he has some good days where – He's look. Here's the thing about Steve. He's a smart kid. He's a confident kid. He he's an okay talent. I mean, just that's what he is. I mean, I watched him miss like five throws on RVA the other day, Ryan. I mean, just yeah. He just still doesn't have the consistency from an accuracy standpoint. When people say he's a gamer, I, I hope he's a gamer. But to me, he's just there's just a limited ceiling there. 
and he doesn't have a ton of experience either. That's the other thing too, Ryan, that concerns me. This guy hasn't thrown for 3,000 yards in his entire career in high school. And we can't really call someone a gamer until they've actually played the game, right? right. And the spring <laughs> game doesn't count to me. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly. Um, I hope he proves me wrong. I really do. I have nothing to get. I think Steve Angeli from the couple times I've been around, he's like a great kid. Yeah. But I just, it's not personal. It's just, he's never shown me anything that makes me think that this is a guy, ooh, this is going to be the guy. If Sam Harmer goes down right now, he'd have to be the guy. Yeah. But I would have to think that they're not going to, that's not going to be the case long term. I mean, and that's just, right. you know, some of the different things I've heard as well. But I just, um, his growth, he's got a better grasp of the offense this year. And he's stronger this year. You can tell he's putting the work in in the weight room. You can definitely tell he works hard. There's no doubt about that. He just, to me, has some limitations. And he and he doesn't process still real quickly, Ryan. Like, you see it. You saw it in the scrimmage where we were at. Like, as soon as things start getting a little crazy, he's out of there, man. And, um, you know, that's not his game, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, the two things that I liked from what I saw of him last year in practice setting is he seems like a really cool get- customer. Doesn't really get frazzled much. No, he actually throw on the run. He throw on the run pretty well, which is kind of nice to see. That's been and he's done that this fall camp as well, right? He throws the ball on the on the like a, a true run, bootleg yes. sprint outs like that. He he throws the ball on the well on the run there. Ac- he he's actually more accurate there because I think being on the run forces him to bring his arm down more. I, you know, he just tends to let loose the ball too soon. And when he misses, he almost always misses high. Like he had, he threw an out cut to Rico Flores in the RVA the other day that sailed over his head by about literally six or seven feet in RVA. That's because you're letting loose of the ball too soon. And I tell, I'm telling you that thing where he stares at the ball when he's releasing it, I'm telling you that's part of the problem. But when he misses, he misses high almost every time because he's 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 letting loose the ball too soon. Yeah, and just for clarification for people that haven't watched before, RVA is routes versus air, yeah. just for anybody that has questions about that. So, so no defense. Yep. And another super chat from Tyler Evans. Tyler, thank you so much. Fun question. Give me one upset that you think will happen and give me one upset that you would love to see this year in college football. Well, I would love to see Michigan get beat by somebody that sucks just because their schedule is so weak. Um, I would I love to see one, like, what's that? Not Michigan, but I have one ready for that one. I think. Okay. Let me hear it. Yeah. I think that Arkansas is going to beat LSU this year, because yeah. if you watch the LSU Arkansas game last year, if they had just solid quarterback play, because KJ Jefferson did not play in that game, Arkansas would have beat LSU last year. And I think that with KJ coming back, Rocket Sanders coming back, a couple defense players coming back. I think that Arkansas takes down LSU this year. I agree. I agree. I could see that. I, but, I mean, it's a team that lost Texas A&M last year by 15 points, so I wouldn't be overly shocked uh, by hey that. Hey, man, I just, preseason top 10 team, LSU, baby. Just, Here we yeah. are. Here we are. Um, yeah. I would love to see Michigan get beat by – I'm going to look at their schedule. UConn. You know, here's the game I would like to see them get beat by. I would love to see them go on the road at Nebraska and get beat. I would love to see that. September 30th, same weekend that Notre Dame plays at Duke. I would yep. love to see that. I would love to see that. Because Michigan's, I think, one and one all time at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And, the, and then the win they had was was not, I don't believe, was a blowout. I think it was a really competitive game. I would love to see something like that. That would be that would be one. I would love to see. What what upset do I think is going to happen? Well, Ryan, I know you hinted about potentially one in the opener of the season, and that's Duke beating Clemson. I know you hinted about yep. that potentially last week, how you wouldn't be surprised if that something like that happens. Yep. 
Oh, an upset then, you know, I mean, technically I, I Notre Dame over Ohio State because Notre Dame's over a touchdown I hope Notre Dame versus Ohio State, State happens. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's one that I think is going to happen. So, yeah, that, that that's a good one. That's a good one. I, I still think having them as a, a touchdown underdog at home is is really disrespectful. You yep. say, well, you know, they got to prove it. Let, okay, Notre Dame played George at home. They lost by a point. They've played Clemson twice at home, and they're 2-0. and Like, really? Like, they've proven that they should not be a touchdown underdog on their home field. I think they've, they've kind of proven that in their career. You At Ohio State, totally fine. I get that. It's at Ohio sure. State. But at home, that should not be the case. And another super chat from Trevor Rocket. Thank you so much. Never never seen you in here before, Trevor, so welcome. Hey, Trevor's been here before. It's been a really? while. It's been a never while, yeah. Him. Okay, mm-hmm. well, welcome back then, sir. Greetings from Drayton, Ontario, Canada. Just wanted to thank you, Brian, and the guys for all that you do. This podcast and IB Nation are a great distraction from life when things are tough. Respect to you all. Respect to thank you, you as well, sir. Trevor also, Ryan, has a lot of times has to watch after because he'll leave a lot of comments after the show. So that also gotcha. might be why um, awesome. you don't recognize it as much. Another one from Trevor. Hey, guys, which HBO miniseries, Band of Brothers or The Pacific or both? For me, it's The Pacific. My my father was a Marine. Really looking forward to Masters of the Air miniseries. The book was outstanding. I haven't seen either one of these shows, yeah. so hopefully you have. But I, I have not one. Sorry, I have not. Uh, I've seen Band of Brothers or no, I have not seen Band of Brothers. Uh, I've seen Pacific. Well, no, actually, I've seen the Pacific uh, documentary, but I haven't seen this series. I have to watch those. Gotcha. I've, I've heard Band of Brothers was great. I've heard that Pacific was really good. And they're both they're both um, like series, right? Like acting series, not like documentaries like i usually people have asked me this you know what are some great history movies and i'll give you some but i'm like i don't normally watch history movies i, I like i'm a documentary guy I'm, I'm that's more my my cup of tea for movies or for uh watching stuff about history but i've i've heard those are both very very good i just yeah. have not seen them i've not seen them either yeah. i don't frequent hbo actually that much now that i think about it yeah, like, I, don't I watch hbo, HBO max for like um uh, uh what's the Jeez, House of the Dragon was the last HBO series I've watched. I know that's not a mini series, but yeah. Was that the second one after Game of Thrones? Yeah. Gotcha. yeah well, it's actually before Game of Thrones, like the setting the prequel? or whatever. But gotcha. Yeah, sort gotcha. of. Gotcha. Yeah. It's about but the it rise came of out the Tur- after Game of Thrones, though, right? Yeah. It's about the rise of the Targaryen house. Well, actually, the gotcha. downfall of the Targaryen house, I guess. But yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. Next question, we had a super chat for Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. He just said, Vision Quest, the best wrestling movie ever. All Is right. that the one with the Journey set? Journey had a song in Vision Quest, right? Is that the one? I don't remember Vision Quest. I don't Is remember that, that movie. It's like a 90s or an 80s movie, right? Like that's kind of what I think. I don't know. This one, yeah, 1985, I guess it's a drama of Matthew Modine. Yeah, I never saw it. I think, yes. Okay. Charlie, Charlie said it was. Yes. Yeah, so they, they have a, they have a, journey song that's like a part of the soundtrack i do i have seen this movie once i have gotcha yep never saw it not a wrestling guy especially that kind of wrestling <laughs> that's definitely not my cup of tea connor grant with the super chat thank you connor 
Who on this year's Notre Dame team do you think will get drafted eventually? I mean, a lot of. People. I mean, that's a long <laughs> list, dude. I mean, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's had teams with like over twenty guys on it that eventually got drafted. Yeah. Uh, let's just do this, Ryan. Let's just go through the starting lineup, and 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 uh, I'm going to say a guy, and you just tell me if you do or do not think he's going to get drafted, and if you have a very strong sure. feeling about where, you can go there. Uh, yeah. Sam Hartman. Yes. I think Sam Hartman will at least be drafted on day three because he has the experience factor that people like. Yes. Audric Estime. Yes. Yeah, I know I know for a fact NFL scouts do like Audric Estime. Yeah. Yep. Jaden Thomas. I think he can, but it's too early to tell. He needs a breakout year. Tobias Merriweather. Eventually, yeah. Yep. Chris Tyree. Yes, someone will gamble on his speed day three. Mitchell Evans. Yes, because he has the size profile. And then being from Notre Dame will help him get overdrafted yeah. a little bit as well. Sure. Joe Alt. Yeah. Easy. Yep. Blake Fisher. Blake Fisher will get drafted. Yes. Zeke Carell. Borderline. I need to see this year. Rocco Spindler. Uh, way too I know this takes some projection. And then yeah, um, way too early though. Pat Coogan. Uh, probably not, but I have no idea. So, so just in the starting lineup, you gave me seven guys that you think are going to get drafted. And that does not include Jaden Thomas, who no. you think, who you need to see, right. And Rocco, who you need to see. So two guys that you didn't say won't get drafted. Just, I don't know. I got to see him play. Yep. So and we didn't get into backup. So yeah, uh, for all the talk about, do they have talent on offense? I think you have your answer right there. Yeah. Defense. Let's go. Jordan Patelho. He can. Yes. Riley Mills. Yes. Howard Cross? No. Javante Jean-Baptiste? Borderline, but yes. J.D. Bertrand? Borderline, but yes. Jack Kaiser? No. Maris Lufau? Not right now, no. Benjamin Morrison? Yes. Cam Hart? Yes. Xavier Watts? Most likely, yes. And Ramon Henderson. Uh, projection, got to see it. So that's seven dudes on each side of the ball that yep. are 14 starters that you project as be as guys that get drafted. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. And that's, and that's, that's with like a couple that are just like, I mean, if right. they have great seasons, then yes, sure. Right. Yeah. You know, like if Jane, right. if Jane Thomas goes out and has like 60 receptions this year for like 800 something yards, it's like, yeah, he's right. 220 pounds with strong hands. Like, oh, okay, drafted. Right. Sure. Right. All right, Ryan. Here we go. Let's go back up to uh, Indy Football Nerd. Indy Football Nerd says, "Will Notre Dame have the best blocking on the outside from the tight ends and wide receivers? How important or fundamental is blocking from the skill positions on the outside? Do the pra- do they practice this aspect? They definitely do." I've yes. seen almost every practice we've been at Mickens and Stucky get together and they work on battling with the corners and, and DBs. I'll say this is technique important for receivers and blocking. Sure. Everything you do in football has requires some technique, but I still believe the number one need to be a good blocker at wide receiver is want to like the technique is not that it's getting his way. I mean, that, have a good base, use your hand, but it's, it's, do you want to be a good blocker or not? And it's just, it really is the number one by far trait that you need. 
Will they have the best? I don't know. I don't think they're going to block a ton this year. I mean, compared to last year, this is going to block a lot, but I think they're going to also run a lot more RPOs. I don't think they're going to have as good of a blocking unit this year as they've had in past years. You know, the 2018 blocking unit was really good because you were big. The 2020 team was very underrated from blockers. Javon McKinley was one of the best blocking receivers I've ever seen at Notre Dame in 2020. Block too, man. And and I was going to say that next. Skoranek was also a really good blocker. Javon McKinley was a phenomenal blocker in 2020. Skoranek was a very good blocker in 2020. And Avery Davis, when they would go 11 personnel, would would battle and get in your way. I mean, he was a he was more pesky as a blocker, Ryan, than like where Skoranek and McKinley would just flat out dominate, especially Javon would dominate you down the field. Go, Skoranek Sk- is literally last in the NFL because he's a great blocker. It's yeah. like the biggest sell he has yeah. offensively. Yeah. So this this group won't be like that. Jaden will be a good blocker. Tyree's not. You're not going to ask Chris Tyree to block if you're asking Chris Tyree to block every time the ball is being run. You're wasting his time and and everyone else's. You know, at times do that, sure. But yeah. run RPOs, man. Like get the ball outside, do that stuff. I'd much rather see a lot more of that. But blocking is important. It is. It's the difference sometimes between the 25 yard run and the 60 yard touchdown. It really can be the difference at times. Go look at some of the downfield, the, the touchdown runs they had. I think it was Kyron Williams had a great touchdown run against Clemson, rejuke the safety. But go look at what Javon McKinley did to the corner on that play, which allowed Kyron to bounce it out to begin with. Yeah. It can be very important, especially when you're running a pro-style offense that doesn't have it, – it's a it's incredibly important if you're not running RPOs. Incredibly okay. important. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I think luckily Notre Dame has a lot of size and strength on that, that in the realm to be very good at it. But I think to your point, Brian, it's – there's still a lot of projection. Like, uh, Jaden Thomas has been a very good blocker at times last year. I mean – even Matt Salerno, even though what, what's Matt Salerno like five eleven, one hundred ninety six pounds. He's, he's over six like, foot. He's actually oh, kind of he tall. Six foot? Yeah, really? he's kind of tall. He's six foot plus, I think. Oh wow. Yeah. He just looks man. smaller because he's standing next to Tobias Merriweather and Deion sure. Colsey and Jaden Thomas, and he's skinny. Sure, that's really yep. where it comes down to. Had a question from Christopher Crosby. He says, looking at USC's roster, they have some real good players. Not overly deep roster, though. Add that to a backloaded schedule, buy or sell the national hype around them. It depends on what hype we're talking about, Ryan. If, if Vegas someone's had them gonna, at eight and four, man. Yeah. So I don't know. There's mixed who did? There. Vegas had them at, at yeah, eight and four. I, I, don't, I don't see that. I, I mean, yeah. it's, it's not, it wouldn't completely blow me away, but just like to me, you can't discount that. K, if you think they have an eight and four roster, then, you, then they're a 10 and two team. Because Caleb Williams, to me, will be good enough to win two games you're not supposed to win. Sure. I mean, that, that's how – I mean, that you, you switch quarterbacks between Notre Dame and USC last year, and it's a 30-40 point win for Notre Dame. Facts. I mean, think about that, Ryan. Put put Caleb Williams on that Notre Dame team last year and put Drew Pine, and it is not an 11-point game. It is not even close. It sure. is at least a 20-plus point win, in my opinion, if you just switch quarterbacks. So you can't you can't discount the impact he'll have, in my opinion, as long as he's healthy enough. He gets hurt, they're in trouble, in my opinion. They're they're in, yeah. they're gonna they're they're gonna because and it's not just because I don't think USC is good. What also has to take into account this year, Ryan, is I love the depth of the Pac-12 this year, especially the top. And USC doesn't miss some of the best teams in the Pac-12. But I, I if you're gonna say, do I buy the hype about USC being a top ten team? Yeah, I I think they should be in that conversation absolutely i have him in my top 10 
preseason because they do have him. And and I think their talent overall is a little overrated. Still good. Yeah. It's not like they're bums. I just think, you know, I don't think Bear Alexander is like this needle moving player. I just, you know, I, I don't think that he is. Is he a good player? Yeah, he's a good football player. He was in Georgia's D-line rotation last year. He doesn't suck. You know what I mean? Like Eric Gentry is a good football player. Do I think he is what some people make him out to be? No, I don't. I don't think Kalen Bullock is what people make him out to be. Is he a good football player? Absolutely, he's a good football player. So they've got talent. The depth is an issue. I think people talking about them being a national championship team, I don't buy that, to be honest with you. Um, but do I buy them as a top 10 football team? They won 11 games last year. Yeah, I buy them. as a, and, yeah. and, and one of their losses was a one-point loss to Utah. It was a pretty good football team, right? And and they should have beat Tulane. I mean, they just they slept walk through that game. If they played U2, Tulane in the regular season, they beat Tulane by 10 points at least in my opinion, because it was, it would have mattered more. They, you know, just, you could, whatever it is, what it is about bowl games. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think USC is a top 10 caliber team this year. I just don't see them as a playoff team. I, I will say this, the one caveat could be because their schedule is so backloaded, Ryan, they could gain a lot of confidence that if they can go on the road and beat Notre Dame to get to six or seven to no, that could be a springboard for them to make a run at a playoff spot. That Notre Dame game is going to be key. Looking at this from a USC standpoint, forget we're a Notre Dame channel, just, Putting my analyst hat on, when you look at USC's 2023 schedule, and and you look at how I mean, if they if they have a loss coming into Notre Dame, it's a bad loss. It would have been a bad loss. They have San Jose State at home, Nevada at home, Stanford at home, bye week at Arizona State, at Colorado, home against Arizona. Now I like Arizona this year. I think they're going to be improved. I think they're going to be a bowl team this year. They have no business beating USC no matter where the game is played, especially in the Coliseum. Arizona State and Colorado should not beat USC. So as long they're going to be 6-0 and coming into that game. If they then beat Notre Dame on the road, they get Utah the next week, all of a sudden you, 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 you beat Notre Dame on the road, that could be a springboard for them. They get, they get Washington home, and then they play at Oregon. They just got to go basically with – if they beat Notre Dame, they got Utah at home, Washington home, at Oregon. They got to go 2-1 and one in those three games and then win the Pac-12 title game, and they're a playoff team. Because that is a schedule where a one loss, a 12 and one USC team against that schedule should probably be a playoff team. Barring there being like three undefeated conference champs. Like, you know, there's always those caveats, Ryan. But if you're 12 and one and you've got a win over Notre Dame and you've got wins over three out of four, Utah, Washington, and Oregon, that's three, that's four really good wins potentially. Because you're going to have to beat one of those three teams in a second game is my point, right? Because so, so you're going to have to beat Utah, Washington, or Oregon twice, or maybe, maybe you might have to then beat Oregon State in the Pac-12 title game because there's no divisions this year. So that'd be another big win for them this year because that's the only team in the Pac-12 they, they don't play this year so that I think is really good is Oregon State. So uh, it, 12, do you agree with that, Ryan? A 12-1 and USC team against that schedule? probably a playoff team and would deserve to be so i just don't think they can go 12 and 1 against that schedule that's my that's my only thing i'm kind of just selling a pac-12 team making the playoffs in general just because i think that that team i I think that league is so wide open up top i just think they're going to kind of have at each other a little bit in the way the schedule set up they all play each other exactly yeah you know they're going to kind of they're just going to kind of eat each other up a little bit at the top so i I think there's going to be a few of those teams just end up being like 
10 and two, nine and three, like good football teams still, but like, they're just not, the resume doesn't quite get them to the college football playoff. In my opinion. Ryan, I don't know if I said this with you. So if I did, you can dismiss it. But if I didn't, I, I, I'd like for you to comment on it. If you can comment, I made recently was that's what makes this whole conference realignment stuff. So disappointing because it has taken all the air out of the sail of what I thought was going to be a great PAC 12 year. Not great yeah. in that they're going to have a national champion. But it there's there are so many games, Pac-12 games this year that I am looking forward to watching, that are just going to be great games at a conference in conference. It's like now it's just like whatever. It's like the conference is going to be dead next year. It just and at least the conversation about it's going to linger all year. And it's like, man, you guys just ruined a chance to have a great year of football in that conference. So there, there's going to be some great games in my opinion yeah. being played in that conference yeah I, th- I think we were the ones that talked about that okay. i mean i agree i, th- I think pac 12 is the most i think it's the most even at the top of any conference as far as like the top tier teams like i mean i really don't think there's a ton of separation between utah usc oregon oregon state i think washington state's even going to be improved washington is going to be in that top tier as well like i just don't think there's a ton of separation so if a team comes out of the, if a team comes out of that twelve and one, yeah, I think they deserve to make the playoffs because that's a it's a pretty top loaded conference, man. There's a lot of good teams yeah. at the top of that conference. Agree, agree. Here's a good one, Ryan. Let's pick one on each side of the ball. I'm going to ask okay. this, and I'm going to you to answer it. Which coach is from NH? Thanks, NH. Uh, also a board member, by the way. So those who aren't on the board, sign up. Definitely, NH is a board member. Which coaches, coordinators, do you think will have a breakout season this year? So you pick one on each side of the ball, Ryan, for Notre Dame that you think are going to have breakouts this year. That the basically it's kind of like the storyline about them will be much more positive, maybe than it is right now, or known. Uh, I mean, I, I hope that it's Jared Parker on offense, as far as the. Because I, I think that that's the one thing about offense that is still a little bit, I'm going to say the only thing, but that's one of the main things that is still a little bit of a major question mark right now is just, I think Jared Parker will end up doing a really good job, but how good of a job can he do? do is he that type of coordinator that you look at and say, you know, we're very, you know, we're, we're moving forward in a great direction. So I hope it's Jared Parker offensively, defensively, I, from the, fall until that you've gathered and things that we've heard i think it'll be out washington because yeah. i think the defensive line is going to be very improved in 2023 i have a feeling that yes jared parker could be it but i have a feeling because of just the nature of how he's perceived already i think there's a lot of and not everyone because we have a question about this in there but i think a lot of notary fans are very high on chancy stucky but I think nationally, his perception could change dramatically if this receiving core is as good as I think you and I think it could be this year. So as a position coach, those are my two. I, I Jared Parker could be. I mean, if the Notre Dame offense is really, really good, he's going to get. He's going to be the main focus, right? Sure. So that's an easy one for me. I agree with you on that one, Ryan. I'll, I was taking a kind of a little bit different. Is I could see all of a sudden Chancey Stuckey becoming a guy that a lot of people are talking about. NFL teams are going to come calling for if this receiving core is what we think it's going to be this year. He's a guy that could start getting a lot of a uh, lot of that love, a lot of that attention. But it's always it's all, the coordinator aspect of it is is a big one. It really yeah. is a big one. I just don't know that Al Golden's ever going to get respected by Notre Dame fans. I just there's just there's just like this disdain that some that people have for him. Even if they have a good, I think they're going to talk about how great Mickens is, how great Washington is, how great the talent is. 
there's just going to be a, to me, and I, and I kind of noticed this last night as well. There's just a contingent Notre Dame fans for some reason, just don't like him. And part of me wonders if it's because he played at Penn state and beat Notre Dame. <laughs> you know what I mean? There might be some of that, but he just won't get the credit that he might deserve if this defense is as good as I think it's going to be this year. I think a big part of it is that obviously we talk a lot of recruiting on this channel mm-hmm. specifically. And I just think it's because everyone knows he doesn't really recruit. So. That, that's very true. <laughs> that's very thing, true. You know? Very, very true. Very true. Ugh. Next question is from Matt Sekolowski. If you had to field a starting offense oh, out of all active FBS head coaches, who would you choose? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I, I, quarterback. I um, mean, goodness gracious. I have no idea. Is there anybody that was a better quarterback than Josh Heupel? I'm trying to think. Uh, Graham Harrell? No. No. Oh, he's Although not a head jo- coach either. He's an offensive yeah. coordinator, so it doesn't matter. Um, He put up really good numbers. Well, Timmy Chang's a head coach, but I I, I wasn't a huge Timmy Chang Well, oh, he threw a lot of interceptions. A lot of interceptions. <laughs> a lot of interceptions. Um, Josh Heupel. I mean, they're – I'm Josh trying to think running back. Charles sure. Huff, did he play running back? Did Charles Huff play running I back? I think he in played college? running back. I think Huff was a running so back. So I, yeah. I can't even think of any other running backs, any other head coaches that were running backs. Um, I mean, it, it's going to be really hard. I mean, Sam Pittman's the only like offensive line guy that I that I know. Um, I'm trying to pull this up. Wasn't um, wasn't Bielema an offensive lineman? Am I wrong there? I think he might have been offensive at, at Iowa. For some part of me thinks that he played maybe. defense, but I could be completely wrong on that. Yeah, um, maybe it's just oh, Trent, Trent Dilfer is a, a is a uh, he's a head coach now at UAB. I'm so still I guess going that Josh Heupel. No, Trent Dilfer was a really good college quarterback. Oh, great yeah, college no. at Fresno State. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Really good. No, I'll go with Trent Dilfer. I forgot about him. Are we allowed to? Di- no, no. See, guys, it's just FBS. We can't yeah. pick Eddie George. It's an FCS. Yeah, he coach. played. Sorry. Brett Bielema played um, nose guard at Iowa. Oh, did he? Yeah, so I was correct on that one. We can't pick Eddie George. Stop putting it in the chat. Yes. We can't pick Eddie George. This is this is FBS. FBS head coaches. Okay, FBS. Oh, I know for one for sure. Uh, Dion starting a corner for me. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Marcus sure. Freeman starting a middle linebacker. Sure. That's an easy one. Luke Fickle starting at defensive end for me. Luke Fickle. Matt Campbell's a starting defensive end for me. Probably. I'd have to think of some other guys. He was pretty. He ended up playing at Pitt, but ended up transferring. Oh, Jim Harbaugh is a good one. He was an NFL quarterback. That's a good one. Mm, <laughs> would you Would you take him over Trent Dilfer in college? Because I I'm looking at co- what the guys did in NFL college. Player, right? Harbaugh. Oh, by there. far. Okay. Although yeah. Trent Dilfer has a ring and Harbaugh doesn't, but yeah, sure. That's partly team. <laughs> I mean, I, a, yeah. lot, a lot of quarterbacks. Could get but just college wise, that's a tough one. I, I'd say, I'd probably say. Probably say Dilfer, probably yeah. if just looking at just from college standpoint. Lincoln Riley, um, quarterback. You know, Nick know Kirby Smart was actually a pretty good player in college. He yeah. played safety, safety at Georgia. Right? Yeah, he played yeah. safety at Georgia. Yeah. Um. So I'm just trying to go through this. Uh, Jonathan like, well, Smith was a quarterback at Oregon State, was he not? Yeah. Still probably go Dilfer, or, or I'd still go Dilfer or or um, Jim Harbaugh there. I mean, not a, lot of, not a lot of these coaches were like actually really good players uh, coming out. That's usually uh, how that, coaching works. Right. Honest, so, right. Yeah. So it's like, it's not going to be a great team. I'm just trying to go through it now and trying to find some guys. Yeah. I think Jay Norvell was a pretty good football player, if I remember correctly. Um, let's see, Craig Bull. Did Craig Bull play at Nebraska? I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to remember if he, I think he might have, because I know he was at Nebraska forever, but I'm not sure if he played in Nebraska. 
but uh, yeah, he played in Nebraska. Looks okay. like um, it was, was reserve DB, so he didn't start for them, but he did play there. Yeah, guys, I hate to break it to you, but there just aren't a lot of good former Someone. players. Someone needs to give Jim Leonard a head coaching job so I can say Jim Leonard. Is Seriously. Coaching. Seriously. Uh, going through it, man, it's just – Clark Lee's my fullback. <laughs> he played yeah, fullback sure. at UCLA. Um, you know, obviously Dion's an easy one. Uh, oh, Mario Cristobal starting on the offensive line for me. He was, pretty, he was, he was decent offensive lineman. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald and Marcus Freeman are my two inside linebackers. Pat Fitzgerald. Well, he's not a head coach anymore, anymore. So I got to take him out. Yeah, I got to take him out. Shoot, I forgot he got fired. Yep. Um, oh, boy. Mike Elko was a pretty good, I think, safety in college at Pet Penn. Sounds right. Um, boy, oh, boy. Steve Sarkeesian wasn't a bad quarterback at BYU. He's a pretty good quarterback. Jeff Brom was a pretty like, this is a lot of quarterbacks. Jeff Brom was a pretty good college quarterback. Uh, Shane Beamer's my gunner on special teams. That's That's for sure. Oh boy, um, I can't have Mike Norvell just because of the hair. The hair Someone alone. Said Trump Tucker had a good game in the Super Bowl. Did he? All I remember was the pick sixes. And the Tampa yeah, Bay I don't remember. I, remember I just remember they blew him out. Um, yeah, I just remember I mean, like Dexter Jackson had inter- like two or three interceptions in that game. Like Rondé Barber, I think an interception. It was just nuts. That game. Are you thinking of the right game? You're the thinking Raiders. of the one against the Raiders. No, he won a Super yeah. Bowl with the uh, with the Ravens. He wasn't the co- oh, Brad Johnson oh, bad, was the bad. quarterback. My bad, my bad. Uh, when the yeah, when the um, uh, when the was against the Giants, right? Ravens yeah. against the Giants. Yeah. Was that the one? Yeah, yeah it was thirty four seven. They he I know he threw a TD to like Brandon. He went twelve of twenty five for one hundred fifty three yards and a yeah, touchdown. That's not very good. So, <laughs> very good. Yeah, they won that game because Kerry Collins only threw for eighty six yards and they only rushed for sixty six yards. I, they held, I do I yeah. I do remember the touchdown to Brandon Stokely. Though. Yeah, I do it's a good ball. One. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sorry you didn't play great when you went 12 of 25 in this era and for 153 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Just, no. yeah, no, no. Sorry, can't go there. Yeah, I'm I'm going through literally this whole list of top coaches, Ryan, and they're just Chris uh, Kirk Ferentz is a starting offensive lineman for me. Yeah, he he would be one for me. Uh, you know who else was a pretty decent college quarterback? Not would not be in this list because he's not nearly as good. As, but Mike Gundy, he was he was a quarterback for Barry Sanders. Oh, Mike Gundy was good. He yeah. had a thousand hundred. He had a that was my favorite as a kid. Running back, receiver, quarterback duo as a little kid. As I love that Mike Gundy, Barry Sanders, Hartley Dykes trio for mm-hmm. Oklahoma State back in the day. That was a really fun group. I think I've talked about that before. I don't. I mean, I don't know what kind of player James Franklin, Kyle Winningham were. Luke Jay Fickle's Franklin's playing for dude, me. Right? He was tall. I think. Tall. Yeah. Yeah. Dabo was a, is is on my special teams. He's a gunner because he's a tryhard guy. Kirby Smart's sure. a safety for me. I I couldn't. You couldn't make a starting eleven on both sides of the ball. There's just not enough linemen, former linemen, honestly, yeah. that were any good. So, yeah. Sorry we couldn't do it for you, Matt. Sorry we couldn't do it for you.
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.